0: Hi, I'm Josh Ellis, the Chief Executive Angel at SavingsAngel.com, and welcome to the Savings Angel Show. I'm podcasting to you from the exciting vacation town of Orlando, Florida. Now, as an extremely busy couponing expert, money-saving advocate, syndicated newspaper columnist, and the guy that turns digital entrepreneurs into media celebrities over at UpAndPR.com, I love when I can get away with my family. Now, as I mentioned last week, my family and I was able to take a week-long vacation where we were able to enjoy the wonderful breathtaking views of Niagara Falls, as well as Cedar Point and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, Ohio. So on this episode, I'm actually going to do an interview with Carl Harp from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame over in Cleveland, Ohio. I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, first, we're going to talk about 10 reasons you need to use online and mobile banking. Then we're going to do an eye opening interview with Jeremy Piet of GFT Skills and Jordan Chanda of Scholar Prep. Now, they provide parents and students help and insight needed to get athletic and academic scholarship money. So if you want that scholarship money, these guys know all the tricks. Also, we're gonna talk about some big changes to share with you in terms of what we're doing over at Savings Angel. Big changes there this week. So let's get right to saving more, earning more, and living more abundantly. Now, if you've been a little hesitant to try online or mobile banking, let me give you some reasons why I highly recommend it. Stop doing old school banking. All right. Here's the 10 reasons you need to use online and mobile banking. It's going to make your life so much easier. Yes, I know. There might be a little bit of a learning curve. Yes, I know. It's different. Maybe if you're not doing this already, but listen, it is going to make your life better. 10 reasons why I say so. Now, even though online and mobile banking is growing in popularity, some people still don't use it. Online and mobile banking is safe. It's effective. It helps you keep more of your hard-earned money. Now, I recommend it. Number one, it allows you to do mobile deposits day or night. Mobile deposits still need to be verified and you won't have immediate access to your money, but at least taking a snapshot of the check takes only moments rather than driving to the bank or ATM. You don't need to do that. Please save yourself the time and the gas. It's available day or night, so you can get things done on your schedule. You believe in shopping online to save time, right? It's kind of the same thing. Now, there's some advantages of direct deposit. Now, direct deposit saves on fees. It gets you your check faster. It limits debt, and it makes funding savings account easy. Mobile deposits also save time and gas, as I just mentioned. Number two, you're going to save on banking fees if you get good at mobile banking. Most banks waive account fees with just one direct deposit per month. Number three, I want you to get more of your paycheck faster. When you deposit a check at the bank through the ATM or through mobile deposit, the check still has to be processed through the banking system. So only you get immediate you only get immediate access to a small portion of it generally. Now with direct deposit, this is the opposite. You get immediate access to all but a small portion of your check the same day you get paid because the verification process is handled electronically. All right? Now again, Hopefully you're using direct deposit if you work a job, all right? But even for my business owner friends out there, get this set up so you can get all of your funds electronically. Find a way to do this. Number four, I want you to avoid weekend debt accumulation and certainly check cashing fees. Now, if you find yourself using a credit card and racking up debt over the weekend because you only have access to some of your check, direct deposit fixes that by allowing you to use your debit card instead. And if you regularly need cash, your whole check and pay a fee somewhere because you need money right away, it fixes that too. Number five, this is gonna make saving easy. Now, saving more money is on everyone's financial to-do list, right? I mean, ideally we want that. So with direct deposit, you can make it happen automatically. Simply request that your check be divided up and sent it to more and have it sent to more than one account. Now, by not having all the money go into your regular checking or debit account, you can't spend it. Plus, most banks will waive additional account fees if you have more than one open account. You can use electronic bill pay to never miss a bill again. You can set up bills to pay on a recurring monthly cycle. This is I do this with almost everything I can because I just won't, I just don't want the extra thing in my schedule or the extra thing that I have to remember. I certainly don't want to uh, pay any late fees or anything like that. Even like a five dollar fee? Are you kidding? No way! I mean that's just that's kind of what Dave Ramsey calls stupid tax. All right. Um, also, you can schedule payments individually as bills come in. Now the power is yours. You choose the date the payment goes. You can even decide what account you want to use to pay each bill. Number six, you could save a lot of time. Now, after you set up your accounts on the online banking, which only takes a few minutes each, it takes mere moments to schedule a bill payment. No more sitting with the bills for an hour, writing checks and addressing envelopes. Please don't do that. Just to forget to put them in the mail right away. I've done that. All right, and gone are the days of driving bill payments directly to the business. In fact, for most banks, you can even pay bills from your mobile device. Suddenly remembered a bill you need to pay? Pop on your mobile app, schedule it, and done. Number seven, you're going green. You don't need paper checks. You don't need stamps. You don't need envelopes anymore. And if you sometimes drove payments to the businesses or to the mailbox to avoid late fees, no more additional gas. Number eight. I want you to avoid late fees and penalties. Now, if you've ever gotten a fee because you forgot to pay a bill on time, I want you to end that. Rather than holding bills until closer to the due date or next payday and then forgetting you never paid them, just set up the payments immediately when the bills come, but schedule them not to go out until later, like if you want to hold on to more of your money. I get that. Now, if you got busy and the due date snuck up on you, you can send an electronic payment faster than you'd ever get a check mailed and received. Now, you can also stay safer with online access and electronic notifications. Now, some people avoid online and mobile banking because they believe it isn't safe. The truth is it could actually be safer than old school methods. Number nine, encryption online on, on this issue of safety. Online banking is encrypted and banks use additional safeguards to protect customers. For example, Your full account number typically will never be displayed and security questions and images are used to ensure it's really you logging on. Number 10, finally, fraud detection. If you see something fishy, the faster you respond, generally the better the outcome. Waiting for traditional bank statements in the mail and then finding time to go through them can result in criminal activity emptying your account before you're even aware. But with online banking, you can view up-to-date account transactions allowing you to closely monitor activity. So there you go. If there's, maybe you're doing some of this, and I hope you are, but I want you to take a look at what else you should be doing. I think the bill pay might be something that not everybody is using to the full extent that they can. Um, Automatic payments, again, uh, I know what it's like to say, oh, well, what if I don't have the money? I want to have control uh, in in the account. Uh, Look, if it's within a day or so of when that bill is due, uh, you're just going to have to plan to have that there um, because you certainly don't want to rack up late fees because that just puts you further and further behind. Just trust you'll have the money just plan make sure you give yourself calendar reminders uh, that such and such bill is being paid on such and such a date just in case you know you are a little bit closer to uh smaller levels in your checking account and you can absolutely do this and you know what smart banking is part of living abundantly all right, and with us now, we've got Jeremy Piette from GFT Skills and Jordan Shonda from Scholar Prep, two of the brightest minds that I know in terms of helping students get that scholarship money. Now, what's really exciting about having both Jordan and Jeremy is that Jordan is a pro when it comes to getting academic scholarships. Jeremy is a pro when it comes to getting athletic scholarships. And so welcome, guys. Thanks Thank for nice having me here. Oh, well, this is terrific. And I know that there are a lot of parents that are going to be really excited to hear this conversation because, um, and Jeremy, I'm going to start with you because, you know, if my kid is really, really good at soccer and he's playing in high school and, man, he's always doing really, really well on the field there's the possibility that he could get uh, some athletic scholarship money for college. That said, I know it's not everybody. So I'm curious if you know, like, how difficult is it to get athletic scholarship money?
1: You know, it is difficult. The percentages are a little bit different, though they are similar. I mean, you're looking at 3 to 6% for basketball football, soccer, volleyball, in terms of how many high school athletes even go to college. And then in terms of getting scholarship, it's even lower, whereas only 2% of all of those athletes receive a full scholarship. So with those stats, it's very difficult. But I have some some stories, some amazing stories to tell you of athletes we've helped who have not even played at the highest level as a high school athlete, yet received Division One scholarship money because of how they promoted themselves and how they went about the process. Yeah. So it's exciting.
0: Well, Jeremy, and that was the biggest question that that I knew that I was going to have for you going into this conversation, is that it's to get athletic scholarship money, it's not just about... Uh, performing well on the field. There's more to it, right?
1: That's right. That's right. What I would say is it it all blends together. You have to perform on the field. You have to have good grades, and then you you have to have a good brand. And brand is what a lot of people are not talking about. And so these things are so important because not only is it going to help you get scholarship money, but it's also going to help you to sustain the character before, during and after college. Um, I mean, you look at certain athletes in the past, like Michael Jordan, Derek Jeter, um, Serena Williams, and those athletes are a brand themselves. And it's not about how they're performing on the field. It's about how, what they're doing off the field. And so they did an amazing job keeping their brand high, but then you have other athletes, for example, Dennis Rodman, or or Odell Beckham, who you know they they th- throw a fuss and they they kind of they kind of act a little bit uh, immature and that lowers their brand and nobody's bigger than the game and the coaches aren't going to put up with that stuff.
0: Yeah. All right. So I'm already thinking now, and hopefully to the mom or dad who's listening to this conversation right now. Go get your high school or your or your middle school athlete right now and have them listen to this conversation because because Jeremy, you have a background, um but Jeremy, can you kind of share your background and and your bona fides and why you're qualified to talk about this topic? Because it's impressive.
1: Now, so long story short with my background is i I grew up in a smaller town and I played different sports. I played football, basketball, and soccer, and I chose to play soccer. So I went to a division two college and I had some division one offers, but I chose division two for, it was closer to where my my family is. And also you can get a 50% scholarship from a division one school or from a certain school, but some, obviously all these schools um, cost different, right? So I ended up choosing a school that was giving me less money. But at the end of the day, I was paying less money because the school wasn't as expensive. Mm. So then after college, I got drafted to play major league soccer by Dallas and ended up traveling and getting, getting to experience 17 countries as a professional player. And so I love soccer. I love helping people. And so that's what I've done the last nine years is just help tons of athletes learn how to brand themselves, improve their, their skills training, but then also give them scholarship opportunity.
0: Wow. Now we're going to talk about, so we talked about, um, you know, being a great athlete before I talk about academics. And I really want to ask you about brands. Uh, and again, mom and dad, I hope you're sharing this conversation because this information, I don't think you're going to get anywhere else. Um, and I know that, uh, Jordan, um, you and Jeremy are actually, and we'll talk about this in a few minutes too, about the fact that you guys are doing a free online Training, right? That, that you're going to be able to help parents, uh, kind of understand how to navigate these waters. And don't, don't answer that. Don't, I know you are. Uh, (laughs) I don't want to get distracted with that yet. Um, but that's so cool of you to, uh, for doing that. But, but Jeremy, um, I'm, I'm hoping before we talk about the academics, um, can you, and, and the branding, can you tell me a little bit more about what does it mean to stand out as an athlete?
1: Yes, of course. So just I'll give you two stories that have happened in the last couple months alone. There's one one athlete who is not one of my athletes, but a friend of one of our uh, athletes who had a full ride to a division one college and social media got her in trouble because she, you know, and it's happening all the time. She She posted something on social media and the next day. She was contacted by the university that they had withdrawn their scholarship. Oh,
0: no. Oh, my gosh. We've had this. Listen, moms and dads out there, we've had this conversation with our kids. And it is serious, you know, about making sure that you can't just do anything foolish you want on social media. There are long-term, permanent, lasting consequences to doing stupid stuff on social media. Jeremy, I'm right.
1: That's right. <laughs> I mean, it happens. It happens every week oh. in every sport oh. and, and social media is so big and it can be so great for for everybody. But then it can also be, you know, a negative. And so, you know, I, I tell our athletes all the time, either you don't have social media or you do. And if you do, then it needs to be positive, positive, positive. You can't be given your opinion About really anything, it just need you just need to have that and 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 be positive about it. And one more example, I'll give you with one of one of our students who he's such a good kid, and he he got a division one, he got a division one scholarship. And I looked at his Twitter profile, and he his profile picture was with two of his buddies, and one of his buddies, you know, had a a shirt with it was like a Colorado. Colorado flag and, and it had like a beer company or a brewery company on it. And I told him right away, I said, Hey, I know that's your buddy and we can't control what our friends do, but you need to change your profile picture because I guarantee you all these college coaches, your coaches are looking at your um, social media every week just to see what you're doing. Cause they need to protect their brand as well. Right
0: you know i'm even thinking something like you know like you might have your your child says well it's snapchat so it's private (laughs) now i know you're gonna laugh at that yes yeah no there ain't (laughs) nothing's Nothing's private private.
1: (laughs) nothing is private
0: yeah well that's brilliant that's brilliant and so you know if we then say you know as a brand when you say positive like what would be good things to include then in your social media if you are trying to, and I know you're going to go into this much, much greater detail um, in, in the free uh, workshop that that you're going to be doing online. Um, but what would be an example of just like one thing that you might want to weave into your social media if you're a student athlete?
1: Well, I'd say if you're a student athlete, the one thing I would weave in is post yourself Training. Post yourself eating healthy or positive quotes. I mean, those are those are three different great examples that you can do. So again, post yourself um, training on your own with your team or with your private trainer. Um, ask them to to retweet or put it on Facebook because this is strengthening your brand. It's only strengthening your brand. Um, or else put positive quotes um, or or just uh, pictures with with your family. I'd say those are all positive things that an institute wants to be associated
0: with. Wow, I love this. Um, Now, let's talk about academics because, Jeremy, it's not enough just to be a great athlete. And yeah, okay, you got your social media together. But what happens if you got C's and D's and you just like your attitude is that you don't think that academics are that important?
1: No, I mean it. It, it all it kind of all uh, weighs itself. So if you're if you're having Cs and Ds, you better be the superior athlete that is just better than everybody. And there's not too many of those, right? So you're competing with with a bunch of amazing athletes who most do have good grades, and so you need to you need to keep your grades up. And Jordan's going to talk to you about, about this as well, how important these, these tests are and how just a few points can really uh, change your
0: life. Love it. Jordan, you have the stage.
2: All righty. Uh, yeah. And I'm glad we've, we've already touched a lot on the brand because, you know, like you mentioned, it's, it's not enough to be a, just a great athlete, but it's also not enough to be just a great student. And so that's uh, sometimes a big misconception that if you have the perfect grades and the perfect test scores that that you're gonna get a full ride. And that's just not the case because uh same thing with athletic scholarships, academic scholarships are extremely competitive nowadays. And so you really have to have that that full brand um you know, community service and leadership experience and things like this uh, to really round out your application and demonstrate who you are as a person. Uh, and so that's what we talk a lot about is community service and leadership. And I know Jeremy is is big on that as well uh, when it comes to creating a brand um, as an athlete. Um, but, but yeah, like you mentioned, the test scores are just extremely important and grades are extremely important, but it, it, it's not everything. Um, but most colleges and most scholarship committees are going to use a pretty basic calculation of your GPA and your test scores as kind of a baseline to weed people out. And so if you don't meet that requirement, then you're not considered. So that's why that that's why those things are so important, kind of to start with.
0: Hey, Jordan, can I ask you, what is scholar prep? What do you do there?
2: So we help parents and students prepare for the college and scholarship application process. And we specifically focus on early preparation and organization. Uh, and, And that was just that kind of came about after my personal experience with that process. And then I actually started scholar prep with my mom. And so she served on some scholarship boards. So she saw it from the other side of the table, seeing what students were doing wrong on scholarship applications, and seeing scholarships go completely unawarded. Uh, not a single student would apply, and so all this free money is there, and no one's applying for it because uh, they they don't know it's there, and then they don't know how to fill out an application, and they definitely don't know how to fill one out to make it look really impressive. And so that's what she was seeing over and over again. So, so we created an organizational system that really helps parents start helping their student prepare early. So the summer after eighth grade graduation.
0: (gasps) Wow. You're serious.
2: Yes. (laughs) And that's why we say helping parents because typically the student's not thinking about it that early, nor should they be. Um, It's good to have conversations about college that early, but you know, they're just trying to figure out high school at that time. And so it helps to have the parent on board to kind of make sure things are are happening. And they're putting some systems into place so that the application process is much easier, and their student will be more competitive when senior year rolls around.
0: Oh, my goodness. So throughout high school, then, you know, obviously, you know, grades are are, are very important. And, and you mentioned that. Um, but Jeremy had alluded to how critical test scores are, and how a bit of extra work can really lead to even a marginal improvement in your test score. And that can actually make the difference between getting a scholarship and not getting a scholarship. Can you talk more about that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I like to share a personal story on this because everyone has their own opinion about which test you should take, how many times you should take it, when you should take it, how you should study, obviously. And there are some great resources online and then obviously tutors and things to help you uh, increase your score. But one of the things that I see a lot is students giving up a, a little bit too early uh, on their score goal. And so the story I like to share is um, that I took the ACT five times, <laughs> which wow. is really excessive. And parents and students both kind of cringe when I say that. Um, But the third and the fourth time that I took that test, I plateaued, my score did not increase one single point. Uh, And so after the fourth time, you know, most students are like, well, that's just my score. Uh, But I decided to take it one last time. It was December of my senior year. It was the last time I could take the test and it still count towards my institutional scholarships, which are awarded by, by the university. And so I took it again and I raised my ACT by three points and that earned me an Extra $25,000 in scholarships.
0: Wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. I am so inspired. Look, I've got one. She's going off to college. We're, pl- pl- we're very pleased with how everything's coming together for her. Um, you know, chose a great college. Going to be very economical for her. Uh, mom and dad are happy. We still got two left to go. And I'm I'm so excited uh, to be able to learn what I should be doing with now my son is now going to be a freshman this year. And so now both of them, are very very the boys are uh, have some really great potential they're both into engineering and programming and uh, really a lot of technical things and I think academically I think they're going to do pretty well in high school uh I really it's like it's my goal to help them to really get a lot of scholarship money so I'm excited to learn what I should be doing now oh and also my freshman son uh, soon to be freshman son is a pretty gifted athlete all right so tell me about this event that you guys are doing
2: So we are doing a free training that is really combining both of these worlds. So the academics and the athletics. And one of the reasons that we actually came together is because I created Scholar Prep with my mom based on my personal experience. But the real inspiration behind Scholar Prep was my little brother who was seven years younger than me. And so, uh, he is He's a different type of student than I was. I was very academically inclined and very into, um, you know, making sure my grades were perfect and taking tests and all of that. He is your stereotypical athlete. He is a smart kid, but he would rather be on the field or be on the court than worrying about school. And so we were worried about him going through that college and scholarship application process that I had been through that was so stressful. So we didn't want him to have a hard time and we, we were worried about that and so that's why we created scholar prep uh, but unfortunately you know we didn't know anything about the athletic side and it is a totally different world we didn't know anything about when you should do showcases and you know how how to create a highlight video and then how do you get that out into the world so that people see it and all of these these different aspects uh in the athletic world that we were just totally new to. So we had to relearn everything with him. Uh, and so when I met Jeremy, I was like, oh my goodness, this is a perfect combination of everything that I've learned the hard way with all of his expertise. You know, we need to get together and share this with parents because nobody is telling parents and students how to how to navigate this process. And so unfortunately, most of them are having to learn it the hard way like like we did.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I just think how amazing it is now, how much potential that that uh, that kids have, um, you know, with social media. And, you know, the you know, uh, I know that you guys had collaborated on an article, which is how we got connected. Um, Athletic scholarships, a tale of two soccer players. Uh, and, um, you know, in there, he talks about the power of a highlight video and how easy it is to now, you know, rather than, you know, with social media and YouTube, you know, you could just YouTube, you can just add have uh a high you know all kinds of highlight videos of your work and boy it really helps a decision-making body you know a scholarship decision-making panel know all about you so this is really exciting so i'm really excited about everything that uh, we're going to be able to learn for someone like you're listening to this you're driving i'm going to get that link I'm going to put it up on Savings Angel because I really believe in this and I want other parents um, to get this information as well. Um, so I'll put this up on Savings Angel. I'm going to send it out via email. Um, and then I think if you go to Savings Angel right now, like in the week following when this podcast episode aired, um, you should also probably find some banners. Now, if all that's gone, you're listening to this a little bit later, I, I want you to go to savingsangel.com forward slash college money, all one word, all lowercase. So savingsangel.com forward slash college money. And I'll get this link from you guys as, as soon as the sign up page for the free video class is all set up. I'll plan on being there because I, I really want to learn more about this. Jeremy's a friend of mine as well. And Jeremy, you a smart guy, very successful in in athletics. And so I'm really, Really excited to be able to share this information. Look, I know there's a lot of scholarship money that's out there. I know a lot of it goes completely unearned. I want to make sure that my Savings Angel audience gets that money. (laughs) You know, even if you're not the best athlete on the field, Jeremy, you've inspired me that if as long as you got the rest of the package together, you could actually be getting athletic scholarships it, you know, again, you're not the, the best athlete out there, but you're the one who's getting the scholarships, which I think is it's so exciting.
1: That's right. That's right. And though we talk about there's tons of money out there uh, because there is, you know, college and sports, it's a business, right? And so they're obviously trying to save money themselves. And so we just, we just love sports. We love academics and we love people, right? And so we, we love to help Um you guys with the with the tips and the secrets how to save yourself money and so these things are important and I think the common thing that most of the parents make is they wait too long and they're thinking uh, junior year senior year that's when they make their moves and you're, you're losing out right there it's it's not that it's too late but like Jordan was saying eighth grade is is really when you need to start
0: man i love this okay to the person who's listening share this conversation with all of your friends who have uh, eighth grade students high school students or even in you know middle school so they could be thinking ahead and then again make sure to check out this this event I don't know if you guys are just doing it one time or not but we'll keep up to date with you and so if you plug into Savings Angel we'll make sure that you get the right link but again it's savingsangel.com forward slash college money I'm also going to send an email out if you're on my email list so you make sure you can Attend this with me. I'll be in attendance because I've got a great uh, athlete son, and uh, we. I think we might be able to do this. So I want to thank each of you, Jordan from ScholarPrep.org, and then Jeremy from GFT Skills. What's the website again? Is GFTSkills.com?
1: Yes, sir. Oh, GFT, awesome. GFT for Global Football Training Skills. S-K-I-L-L-S
0: dot com. Great, great, great. Well, again, I'm going to link up all of those things um, so that people can also see the other programs you do, but do not miss this free training. That's very, very cool of you guys. Thank you so much for doing this for our Savings Angel audience. I'm a big, big, big fan of helping people get to the best colleges that they want to, help their kids get to good colleges, and and most importantly, not go into all this just horrible student debt. I've heard so many horror stories, and it's really not necessary uh, if you play your cards right, and so I love surrounding myself with smart people who can help me and my kids navigate those waters well. And I love sharing that with all my Savings Angel friends. So, Jordan, thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Thank you so much for all the valuable information. And Jeremy, thank you as well.
2: Thank you, Josh. Josh, We appreciate it.
1: Yes, sir. Thanks for having us.
0: And so I'm with Carl Harp. You're the communications manager for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, Ohio. Tell me what visitors who come to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame will experience?
3: Oh, I mean, we got it all from the start of Rock and Roll, from the very beginning at its roots, all the way up to the modern day. You know, we like to say from the Beatles to Beyonce, we got it all.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, as far as accessibility, come to Cleveland, it's really easy, lots of great parking, really easy to get to. Uh, The admission is very reasonable, considering how much time you can actually spend here. And I'm wondering if you could kind of talk about what there is to do here and and how much you might how much time you might want to plan for
3: so our average visitor uh, trip is about three and a half to four hours but there's people who who come and get the two-day pass Uh, there's some people who just want to see certain artists or a certain exhibit so i mean if you have an hour to spend if you have a full day there's something for you here there's multiple theaters there's featured exhibits Uh, we do live performances educational programming So, you know, all you gotta do is check the schedule today on rockhall.com. And you can see what all the new exhibits are and kind of get a taste for it and kind of plan your visit that way. Can you give
0: me some examples of some of these exhibits that that someone might find when they're here or maybe performances or special, uh, you know, spe- like, for example, uh, U2 360 was playing when oh, yeah. we were here. So you got to watch the, uh, in a nice theater, the 3D U2 concert, which my wife is a huge U2 fan. Yeah. So uh, we've actually been at the gift shop and at the cafe while my wife, is uh
3: staying uh and and watching a, a few a few more uh bono uh, performances yeah so we have uh something called stories of rock that we do in our exhibit halls um and we kind of we will bring out artifacts or we'll kind of demonstrate how songs evolve. we bring out instruments and our education department does a really great job of Telling the stories behind these artists and the artifacts they're on exhibit, and not just telling you why these artists, how they shaped our music, but how they shaped us culturally as well. Yeah. Um, but you know, we do film screenings here. Um, our inductees come and visit all the time. We just did some great programming a couple weeks ago with. Um, John Oates, who was a 2014 inductee. <laughs> wow. uh, he signed some books and oh, did yeah. meet and greet with the public. So, you know, we, we do stuff all the different all the time. Uh, we have a library and archives that's uh, right, right down the road, too. And mm. we have authors that come in. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're an educational institution as well. So there's school groups that come in here. Uh, there's classes that are to be held um, for college kids. We start uh, sometimes in the mornings. We have toddlers here, too. So we're, um, we um we supplement a lot of educational stuff that that you see, going away in schools as mm. budgets get cut and cut and cut. Oh, sure. It's very unfortunate, but we're here to pick up the slack. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there's a lot of interactive exhibits as well.
0: I was wondering if maybe you could share a couple of examples.
3: Oh, yeah. So we have uh, we have a lot of the interactive kiosks throughout the building downstairs in the roots of rock and roll. You can hear some of those uh, the early uh, early names who you know before rock and roll was what rock and roll. So the the gospel acts, country mm-hmm. acts, uh, some of the blues acts that were what those first generation of rock and rollers were listening to. Um, we, have, we have stuff like the songs that shaped rock and roll as well, but we're working at more and more interactivity throughout the building. July 1st, we open our new Power of Rock experience upstairs on the third floor, and that's going to have a lot of interactivity where you're going to be able to go through 30 some years of induction uh, footage and see, connect with your artists, but you'll be able to also uh, learn about the induction process and what goes into it and the selection process. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I know everyone, every time, every year when they announce the new inductees, like Journey, yes, Pearl Jam, uh, Tupac, who else is uh this ELO, year? E-L-O. Joan Baez, yeah. Joe Baez. Like every time you hear the new inductees, you're like,
3: how are they not in the rock and roll hall of fame already? Oh yeah, I mean we deal with uh, we deal with that every day, you know. And, <laughs> but that but it just shows uh, the power of rock and roll that, that people have these deep tissue connections yeah. uh, to to certain songs, to certain memories. To the first album that they ever bought, you know, with their own money. Oh, yeah. So people have these all these deep connections, uh, and, and we welcome the dialogue. We, we welcome the uh, you know people making a. Voicing their choice for for the artists that they mm-hmm. want to see inducted. Yeah,
0: you know, even I think if you have some obscure uh, rock music taste, you'll find uh, some. Uh, is, for example, I, I'm a big fan of some of the uh, Midwest uh, punk rocks, uh, mm-hmm. punk rock bands from the '80s. So, Who's Kerdoo, The Replacements. I'm oh, like, oh my gosh, you know, there's like a you know a photograph there and their album yeah. cover
3: and other stuff. Oh yeah, concert footage, you know concert stuff. Yeah, we. I mean, it's not just inductees throughout the building. Oh here, no, yeah. you know, we we go. We start, you know, at the beginning. We go up to the modern day. You know, there's Bruno Mars downstairs. Oh, yeah. The Alabama Shakes. Um, so we're we're looking also where, where rock and roll is headed. Yeah. And we have a very very broad definition of what rock and roll is, and it's just not a couple guys with guitars, but it's it's people who are uh, kind of making their own their own path. Uh, to get inducted, it's impact, influence, and innovation. Mm. So that's those are the things that we're looking at all the time. Who, who's who's being innovative? Who's taking music in a new direction? Yeah, uh, and, and who's kind of um, you know standing up to that's the status quo. Mm. When rock and roll started, it was all these real you know these bad boys, you know, and they were just singing like like the Beatles, like I want to hold your hand. Like that was kind of. Real taboo at, uh-huh. the, at the time, yeah. but now it seems really, really safe. <laughs> yeah. You know, so you, you see how how rock and roll, you know, not only, you know, how like I continue to say how it shaped our culture and it, it advanced us. There, it, it started dialogues. You know, mm-hmm. so um, you know that that's the things. That, those are the stories that we're telling here.
0: Yeah. So, Carl, how does someone learn about the uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? How do they get tickets?
3: Oh, it's just real simple. I mean, you can see all the all the events learn about all the exhibits uh and what we're doing for the day all at rockhall.com you can purchase tickets in advance we have great uh partners in the region too between the pro football hall of fame cedar point uh you know you can you can do all these great things uh and get a ticket you know right there at rockhall.com and and you can work with the hotel partners as well. Uh, and, and if you go to thisiscleveland.com, you can also learn about all the great things that Cleveland has to offer, from our art museum to the orchestra, the great venues, music venues. We have a great, great food scene, some great celebrated chefs, Jonathan Sawyer, Michael Simon, Rocco Whalen, and we even have some of their food here at the yeah. Rock Hall, too. So. Is uh, is Cleveland a, a great place for uh, for families to come visit? Oh, totally. I mean, there, there's so much culture in Cleveland. We have a great waterfront, um, and we're a real welcoming city, too. For, for years and years and years, we battled at, with kind of the perception of the mistake on the lake and it's taken a lot of time and a lot of uh effort to really kind of reshape that and you know we're here to show people a good time i think we did it really really well last year during the rnc and people really you know their eyes are being opened that you don't have to go to um, you know to the beach or you know disney world or anything like that you know you can come to cleveland and you can do it pretty cheap too you know You you can you can take in a baseball game, stay at a hotel, come to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and you're not breaking the bank or having to sacrifice, you know, paying the mortgage or something like. You know, it's very affordable to come to Cleveland and uh, beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful.
0: The waterfront, the city here is really, really beautiful. So, Carl Harp, you're again the communications manager of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame here in Cleveland, Ohio. Thank you so much for having, hosting my family and I. Oh, we're so happy to have you guys. Before taking off for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or anywhere else, I highly recommend taking advantage of all the deals available through Swagbucks. You could save on food. You could save on activities. You could save on pretty much, well, I mean, a lot of stuff. All right? I want you to check this out. If you're not using Swagbucks, you are leaving money on the table. Easily, easily, $20, $30 could be uh, in your wallet or your purse right now. If you're actively using Swagbucks, just go to savingsangel.com slash Swagbucks for all your money-saving opportunities. And last but certainly not least... I need to let you know about the changes you're going to see, while well, you are seeing right now at the Savings Angel website. Now, as you know, we've been in the business of helping thousands of Savings Angel fans save money each week through the countless number of stores deals that we've listed over the past decade. But the time has come that we really need to say goodbye to that part of Savings Angel. Um, you know what? It, it's been fun. 10 years, every Monday night, I have gone out and I have done my shopping for either TV or radio so I could bring the deals in and share. Share with the people what they need to buy with their coupons. Now, as a consumer expert, money-saving advocate, syndicated to newspaper columnists and business coach, look, I'm always trying things out myself and I can confidently recommend them. And I will continue to pass on those tips, hints, suggestions, and recommendations to you through our Savings Angel blog posts and podcasts. So there's a lot coming, all right? We're just not going to do the couponing stuff anymore. I've got an article, too, that explains a little bit more about uh, some of our thought in there. I mean, quite frankly, there's just not as much demand for uh, traditional couponing for groceries on a weekly basis. So we're really just kind of making sure that we are focused on the stuff that people want to hear. So travel tourism, if you like that, you're going to be happy saving money on your utilities, buying and selling cars, uh, celebrations. Um, you know pretty much everything else that you're buying on a regular basis. Yes, I will still be sharing tips and strategies. But honestly, if you if you know what to do, you're going to do okay. All right, now. If you've loved hearing everything on this podcast, would you take a minute and leave a five-star review in iTunes? By doing so, you help us get this podcast out to more people. I can't do it without you. The higher our rating, the more we're noticed. And as always, if you have specific questions or there's something you'd like me to talk about, you could drop me a comment in the podcast feedback at savingsangel.com. Write me at our Facebook group. We've got a very active and lively Facebook group. Uh, Or call me on my podcast hotline right now, 407-205-9250. Give it a call and leave a message. I'll answer your question, write you back, or with your permission. I may even share your question or story with others on the show. Have a wonderful week full of saving more, earning more, and living more abundantly. And thank you for listening. I mean, that's just, that's kind of what Dave Ramsey calls stupid tax.